Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of books that have come out this week, and we review them in the harshest manner possible. Uh, We are a bunch of nightmares here to ruin everyone's day. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, I should mention that later in the show, we are going to be reviewing a book that was requested on iTunes in the comments section. If you would like to request a book for us to review here, potentially something older, something that's been on the shelf for a while or a classic volume that we haven't checked out or even a comic that we reviewed years back and maybe deserves revisiting, leave us a comment in the iTunes. We would love to get your requests from you. And we will do that here. We're going to do one, as I mentioned, towards the end of the show. But let's kick it off with some new stuff first. Batgirls, number one, from DC Comics, written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, art by Jorge Corona. This is kicking out of, I believe it was running in the back of Batman, right? Not... Uh, yeah, Nightwing? as part of the future state um, situation. Okay, maybe it. it was Nightwing, actually. I think it was running in the back of Nightwing. But whatever it is, it's one of our favorite writing teams currently on Wonder Woman, jumping over to this, teaming up mostly Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane, but also a little bit of Barbara Gordon in there as they fight some new evils in Gotham City. This is right in your wheelhouse, Justin, but what did you think of the book? I love these characters. We've got the great um, uh, odd couple of uh, Stephanie and uh, Cassandra sort of uh, being the boots on the ground out doing stuff, great action stuff. And then I'm sort of surprised that Barbara is, um, you know, really a full oracle here um, and sort of staying at home, keeping an eye on things and sort of like, oh, those kids I send out in the field, they're wild. Um, So the tone's a little bit different than I thought, but I just love the the vibe of this comic is great. It's fun. A great uh, sort of team, and the art is really cool. Yeah, honestly, I liked the hangout parts even more than the action yeah, parts. Me the too. Sec- second half of the book gets into action. It's very fun. They know how to write it, like you were mentioning, or hey, Corona knows how to draw it. But the points when it's just Cassandra and Stephanie hanging out in an apartment together and kind of getting on each other's nerves, very fun. I could read a whole book of that, and I assume there's going to be will. more of it. There you and go. And you will. They're an odd couple, and uh, they're, but they're both Batgirls. One of, of my day. favorite parts watching the odd couple back in the day, though, was when they'd go battle evil out into the city. So yes, sort of the reverse. They'd be like, did you drink right out of the milk carton, and were you fighting that giant cyborg <laughs> next to me at the same time? 
Next That's up, the odd couple. Wastelanders Wolverine number one from Marvel, written by Stephen S. Tonight, art by Ibrahim Mustafa. Maybe important to mention at the top here that Stephen S. Tonight wrote this book and they were releasing this book despite the fact that he very publicly came out against Marvel because of C.B. Sapolsky, the EIC of Marvel's former life is, I'm going to get the name wrong, but Akira Yoshida, I believe. He wrote under a Asian-inspired name, despite not being Asian himself. Stephen S. Knight was very upset about that and said until they correct this in some way or publish a retraction or an apology, which they haven't really done. They've kind of tried to sweep it under the rug. He said he's never writing for Marvel again, and he's embarrassed that he did. But that said, this book still came out. (laughs) There you go. What a lead-in. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was definitely on my mind while I was reading this, where I was like, oh, Wastelanders Wolverine, that sounds fun. Hmm, there's a backstory here, and that certainly has nothing to do with the actual content of the comic book, but it definitely weighed on, I was waffling a little bit about whether we should include this in the stack or not, but thought Pete was going to be here. Unfortunately, Pete, R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Pete. Uh, Pete is sick today. We didn't mention the yes. top, so he is not here. He's doing fine, besides just being generally unhappy with sickness, which I'll yes. get it. But that intro out of the way, what did you think about this book? Well, it's a shame Pete's not here because he really likes Old Man Logan, which is what this is, essentially. It's like picking up where that left off and doing some more with it. And I don't love that story. Um, And so this is just like sort of that again. It's like Wolverine is, can you believe he popped his claws? Imagine if he had to um, face a similar situation um, there's a fun little moment at the end where you get um, like a reverse Sophie's choice, um, if I can use that term. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you should, that, but you did, so it's too late now. That's that is. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, in general, it's sort of not my cup of tea, but, uh, but yeah. I think this was pretty well done. I think I'm probably between you and Pete in terms of liking the old man Logan stuff. It's ridiculous and over the top, but also it's got some good art to it. And clearly they've done a good job of fleshing out this world quite a bit in the past couple of years in particular. Some of the mini series that they've been doing spinning out of old man Logan have been really nice. And uh, I thought this was a nice one shot. If you're into this world, if you like post-apocalyptic Wolverine pairing along with a baby Hulk, this is the book for you. Yeah, if you like those things, you have a very specific <laughs> flavor in mind. Mm-hmm. It, it, this just happens to be what you're looking for. If you like Wastelanders Wolverine number one, you'll love Wastelanders Wolverine number one. <laughs> Next up, Cloaked number one from Dark Horse Comics, written by Mike Richardson, art by Jordi Armengal. This is basically what if Batman was real and then disappeared mm-hmm. and years later a PI was tasked with tracking him down. Uh, that's the concept of the book. You can kind of fill in the blanks from there. But overall, uh, given that straightforward premise, I thought it was pretty well done. And I'm always a sucker for P.I. in over their head stories. And I'm kind of excited to see where this goes. What about you, Justin? Yeah, I think this book does a good job of sort of um, existing in the superhero world and then sort of edging around it with a nice detective story. Um I the um, the mysteries that we're getting here and um, uh, murders and crimes are are fun and they're well it's really well paced and I really like the art it's sort of dark and brooding it has that that feeling of like Batman when it's like ah watch out I'm dangerous um, and this the character um, the Batman character is kills people 
is sort of like a villainy Batman mm-hmm. um, and is up to no good. I feel like we're going to be sort of unraveling two mysteries at once. Um, the yeah. Batman character as uh, what was the deal with him and sort of the present day mystery of why are people getting killed? Yeah. The other thing from the art perspective that I thought was kind of neat and interesting is uh, the characters look kind of ugly or at least realistic. I think we get used to seeing characters. <laughs> Interesting you compare <laughs> ugly and realistic. As you know, to gross, like, okay. like regular people. <laughs> Keep in mind, you're we're recording this and you're looking at me right now while you say, you know, it's realistic, you know, ugly, like yeah, um, disgusting like, blobs like of human flesh. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Wow, you're in a dark. This winter is hitting you hard. Speaking of which, let's move on to Tis the Season to Be Freeze, number one from DC Comics, written by Alan Burnett and Paul Dini, Rich Bernadovich, T. Franklin, Tara Roberts, Amedeo Torturo, Bobby Moynihan, Jeff Trammell, and Andrew Wheeler. Art by Jordan Gibson, Travis Mercer, Yancey Labatt, Eric Battle, Jason Howard, Pap Mann, Jason, Justin Mason, excuse me, and Megan Hetrick. So this is another DC one-shot anthology, but here we're dealing with all of the ice characters in the DC universe. As usual, these things are going to be some sort of a mixed bag, but where do you think? Does this end up more on the, oh, it's a bag full of Sour Patch Kids, or uh, it's a bag full of snow caps. Oh, wow. Interesting. That uh, puts a lot of on the uh, listeners. Candy tastes. Um, let me say, I love it when you read a, a collection, um, read the writers and artists, because it's really a time when I can kick back and relax <laughs> for the show, you know? A little break for your pal, JT. Not me. It's the most stressful time of the year. Exactly. You're just trying to put letters and syllables together, things that you never thought you'd be pronouncing. N- <clears throat> names. Um, yes, I, I agree it is a mixed bag. I uh, The um, Alan Burnett and uh, Paul Dini story that kicks it off, I mean... When you get that classic Batman, the animated series, art in here and sort of a a sweet, uh, light story that fits that sort of paradigm, it's, it's great. Uh, So that was a Definitely for that one, I could hear the Batman, the animated series, Mr. Freeze voice coming through there, through the dialogue, which I thought was really nice and really fun. I'll also give a shout out to the last story from Andrew Wheeler, which introduces the JLQ, the Justice League queer. We've talked about this before, but DC is doing a great job of not just being like, well, got our gay character. We're good to go for the next 10 years, folks. They're really, really drilling down on it. And there's the promise that there's going to be more of that to come. Makes a lot of sense that heroes and even villains would have some sort of LGBTQ plus alliance organization. And I thought that was a really fun but smart idea. And even even beyond that connection between the characters, I just love these characters. I mm-hmm. love the Ray. Tracy 13's awesome. Aqualad, I think, is one of the most exciting characters, especially coming out of the uh, big future state stuff that uh, was that came with the cross line crossover. Um, so, like, I think this is a this is a great team, no matter what's going on here. Also, um, shout out to Bobby Moynihan's story, which was very yes. fun as well. Um, we I assume you also know him back from UCB days. Yeah. But good guy has done really, really well for himself, and it's fun to see him write a comic because I know he's a big fan. So there you go. 100%. Given how they play the game, you might not think that professional athletes are dealing with mental health issues. But that's exactly what the Players' Tribune is tackling with their first ever mental health podcast, Blindsided. Hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh, The show will share the moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and mental health became the most important focus of their lives. 
Blindsided allows listeners to have an understanding of the different types of mental health challenges people face, whether you're a professional athlete or not. Guests this season include Kevin Love, Paul Bissonette, and Kurt Warner. Blindsided dives in deeper. It gets clinical and allows listeners to leave with an understanding of the different varieties of mental health challenges people face, why they appear, and how athletes in particular face them down. Blindsided is a sports podcast not only for people who follow sports, but also for those who don't. The Thing, number two from Marvel, written by Walter Mosley, art by Tom Riley. This is continuing some very weird adventures for The Thing as he fights a dude who is super strong, but also there's a ghost who steals hearts. And he goes to an underground city. There's There's an entire New York underneath New York that has nothing to do with the Mole Man, surprisingly. This surely the mole man pops by. I mean, he's he's an underground guy. You got a cup of butter? Oh, that's not what you ask for. (laughs) I don't understand human society. Surely, like if he wants like a classic New York bodega sandwich, he can't go above ground. So he gets Mm -hmm. the under goes to the under bodega. Yeah, I mean to be fair, they serve rat bacon, which is not as good, but. It's not as good, but it's surprisingly tasty, I will say. It's tender. It's tender. Yes, very tender. Very tender. This book is weird. It is weird, but I'll tell you what, I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, It definitely has the thing, the thing's characters. He's a little more intense. He's less of this ever-loving blue-eyed thing that you might expect. He's um, a little more crotchety. He's, uh, He's dealing with a lot. He gets almost killed here mm-hmm. um at certain points but i like this um group of characters built around him and i like that this is just going to keep continuing into different adventures for him i agree and the art by tom riley is really good I like that a lot the character designs are really interesting it is off-putting in, not in a bad way like it's surprising i guess is what i actually mean to say um particularly the way that the direction of the story goes i like the this trio that we end up with at the end here yeah. that we seem to be following to the next uh, issue should be cool to check out it reminds me of kari uh kyle andrews stuff mm-hmm. uh, a little bit um and not less so the amazing fantasy um series that was just running through but some of the earlier stuff like the iron fist run mm-hmm. um that back in the day and if you like that like sort of just like weirder angles and weirder takes and just dealing with a fantastical world as if it's absolutely normal like an undercity underneath new york Agreed. The Joker, number 10, from DC Comics, written by James Tyne IV and Matthew Rosenberg, as well as Sam Johns, art by Francesco Francovia and Belen Ortega. This is continuing to flash back in time, show us a prior adventure of Commissioner Gordon. This takes place after the killing joke, so Barbara is in a wheelchair. Commissioner Gordon is just coming back to work after that and finding out some interesting information about his son, James, who I think... And I don't think this is too much of a leap, but I think we're going to see coming back to life by the end of this series. What do you think about that? Um, you mean back into just the regular DC continuity? Yeah, James was killed during yeah. not the Joker War, but one of the previous Joker storylines. Maybe it was the Joker War. Yeah, that Scott Snyder did, right? Yeah. Um, and it was sort of a redemptive arc, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, for him. 
But I think we're going to get him back. There's like a lot of time spent on here on his relationship to the Joker. And I think just as we've seen this be a Commissioner Gordon series more than a Joker series, I think ultimately for whatever time James Town the fourth is going to be on it. And it seems like he's kind of passing the baton to Matthew Rosenberg here um, on a lot of things. The I think baton. We are, the baton. The batinin, as we call it. The batinin. The batinin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is all correct. This is what it said in the press release with this book, right? I yeah. think this is what they want. James Tynan the fourth passes Bat Tynan to Matthew Rosenberg. We'll see if he rose to the occasion. Good, 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 good. I don't know, man. Don't hit a uh, iceberg with this book because it's a Titanic success. <laughs> anyway, really uh, good story. No, but truly, like, to give it its due, like, the art in this book is great. Um, it's such a dark take. Uh, and if, if you're familiar with, um, I think I've mentioned this every time we've covered this. So Scott Snyder's early run on Detective Comics, he got into sort of young James Gordon a bit in that run. And it has the same, like, uh, Commissioner Gordon being very Did suspicious. Did you say James Gordon or James Corden? James Corden, yeah, he's the main character in this. Yeah, right? he he's, he's in the Cats. Uh, yeah, he's in his Cats character. Uh, no, Gordon, Gordon. Um, and uh, But they do do uh, carpool karaoke here. <laughs> Absolutely. It was weird that uh, they stopped the, to do that for two pages, particularly because you can't hear them singing or anything. So, yeah. like, it doesn't have the same impact. But It's uh, like, we have to choice. find Joker. Life is a mystery. <laughs> Everyone must. Um, Madonna. Uh, but I do, this is, a, like, a, a nice, tense story where Commissioner Gordon is uh, just stressed about his, his son and uh, sort of scared of him in a way. And the fact that it's a Joker book, we see the Joker not at all, technically, in this, but looms over it, is, it may be a bit false advertising, but I actually like it. Yeah. Joker loves that, though. Joker loves false advertising. Let's move on to talk about Berserker, number six from Boom Studios. We're going to be Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent, art by Ron Garney. In this issue, we're getting a mission where our main Berserker, a.k.a. Keanu Reeves, immortal Keanu Reeves, uh, takes a guy through the woods after they lose their transport. I really like this series a lot. Like the mysteries building in the background are really interesting. The main character, even though it is straight up Keanu Reeves, is really interesting. And of course, Ron Garney's art is impeccable. Yeah, love Ron Garney's art. Great just uh, war action sequences throughout this. Uh, but the, what, the coolest thing that I thought when reading this is it really just it's such a smartly written book and explores the wider world of what it would be like if there was an immortal soldier. Um, there's a great sense of place in this. Um, he and his uh, fellow soldier are, are sort of on the run through a lot of this. And uh, they they come upon different places and he's fought different battles there throughout history. And that's such a, I just love that. Like, of course, if you're immortal and you all you do is fight, like you're going to fight in different times and different places. And this book has such a great sense of place and what it would actually mean to be in the position that Berserker is. So I think this is cool. And this feels tailor-made to be a series or movie, and I look forward to it. Bruce Wayne may appear to be a wealthy playboy, but beneath this facade, his true identity is that of the Batman, waging an endless war against crime. Join the Cape Crusader in Batman, the audio adventures, the first scripted audio original featuring Batman and his villainous rogues gallery in a world premiere story of life and death in Gotham City, debuting exclusively on HBO Max. 
starring Jeffrey Wright as Batman and a who's who of incredible Saturday Night Live alums. This rollicking adventure, told across 10 episodes, is written and directed by Emmy winner Dennis McNichols, including devilishly delightful original music by Doug Bossy and performances by Rosario Dawson, John Liguizamo, Chris Parnell, Melissa Villanueva, Seth Meyers, Jason Sudeikis, Brooke Shields, Fred Armisen, and many, many more. Go to hbomax.com backslash Batman Audio Adventures for more and stream Batman The Audio Adventures only on HBO Max. Hulk number two from Marvel, written by Donny Cates, art by Ryan Otley. Hulk is a spaceship now, and he's trying to get from one dimension to another, seemingly, but he gets caught by a mystery assailant, tries to really amp things up with the Hulk that he has trapped in his head, but things go terribly wrong, and we get some big surprises at the end. Now, this may just be because of the Ryan Otley of it all, but love the first issue. This second issue, despite it being the Hulk, felt like an issue of Invincible to me, like down to the way the gore was rolled out, the ideas, the action, the pacing. And Donnie Cates, as we know from Crossover, is very good about aping other styles. So I do wonder if he's leaning into that a little bit because he's working with Ryan Otley. But regardless, I thought this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it definitely feels that way um, when uh, the Hulk goes through a um, sort of a mock authority and uh, absolutely wrecks them. I was like, oh, this is so invincible, right mm-hmm. down to the, sort of the parody of another super team element. Uh, and it also has elements of Star Trek, oddly. Um, I feel like uh, like there's just a whole thing with uh, the Bruce Banner riding in the Hulk ship getting the Hulk to be, he's like Scotty, Scottying the Hulk engines to try to make the flying Hulk spaceship go faster. So it's a bit of a head trip. Um, I am curious. It's such a big swing. I'm curious where we're going. I can't mm-hmm. imagine we're going to just fly around inside Hulk body for a long time. Like I think this has to spin into a different iteration. Um, so I like that this gets us way off base when you're following up a big run, like Al Ewing's run, it was all horror and like body dysmorphia. You got to make a big change. And that's definitely what this is. Well, one thing that I think points to this not necessarily lasting much longer, like I think the team will continue. But this particular iteration of the story, like you're saying, is we have these different levels of power for the Hulk that Bruce Banner is going through. And I think we're about through half of them, two issues yeah. in at this point. So there's not a lot more to go. I think by the time we hit that ultimate power level, then you're kind of done with that artifice and you're going to have to move on to what the next storytelling mode is. Also, without spoiling the end of the issue, I think that points to potentially some places that we can go from here. But it's exciting. It's different. It's well drawn. Uh, I'm curious to see more. Yeah. Wonder Woman number 782 from DC Comics, written by Becky Clunan and Michael W. Conrad and Vida Ayala, art by um, Marcio Takara and Skylar Patridge. There are a bunch of mirror Wonder Women who are attacking the world. Wonder Woman is traveling around with Dead Man to try and stop them while avoiding or missing calls from Steve Trevor. Even though we're out of the afterlife here, I'm still really enjoying this book, and I think it has such an interesting, fun tone. I love Deadman as the sidekick here. And, you know, I don't know. Obviously, Steve Trevor is sort of the uh, constant romantic interest. I feel like we got some, there's some chemistry going on between Wonder Woman and Deadman. You Am think right? so? Really? I don't know. 
I, there's uh, just no, something. I, I about just it. get sidekick energy from that. But. Yeah, and maybe that's what it is. But I, I don't know. I, I like their energy, and let's just put it at that. Um, and all this um, sort of storm of Wonder Women flying around causing problems is a good um, a good problem for for Diana to have uh, in this issue. Maze book number four from Dark Horse Comics by Jeff Lemire. In this issue, our main character has finally made it into a labyrinth to try to track down his dead daughter, who he thinks is alive. He is traveling through it the entire time with the talking dog. And as usual with the Jeff Lemire book, the layouts alone are so fascinating for this. They're laid out like a maze as you follow it around the page. Uh, It's trippy. There's a lot of archetypes for mazes that come into play here. I really like this book a lot. I feel like Jeff Lemire is sort of sneaky having a little bit of a renaissance right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's been sort of uh, chugging up a lot of books. We have another Jeff Lemire book, I think, in this stack. He's got another couple big books coming out um, with the artist he um, has on Primordial, the the other book we're talking about. So, like, he's really hitting a stride, and this is a great book, sort of a psychological exploration at the same time, wandering through a maze. It is cool. Yeah, I wonder if it's, I mean, I have no basis in this, but I wonder if it's the success of Black Hammer and being able to pass that off to other people as well and just sort of having that world churning in the background that's allowing him a certain amount of freedom to publish all these other stories he wants and works on them. But to your point, there's a lot of Jeff Lemire content at the same time right now, and it's all really good. There's also a promo in the back of this book that, Oh, no, sorry, I think it's in the back of Primordial, which we'll talk about in a bit. But Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino are doing a leaked horror universe involving three books. So there's even way more to come. It's wild. Yeah. Defenders number four from Marvel, written by Al Ewing, art by Javier Rodriguez. This is the weird, mismatched heroes traveling through... I don't even know if you could call it the multiverse. It's the comic verse or something. This, to me, is like... First of all, it's even wilder than Immortal Hulk in terms of the plotting, but it's also Yal Ewing trying to, and I think successfully so, write a very Jack Kirby-esque story that's breaking the boundaries of what's possible, creating new weird looks for characters, and Javier Rodriguez is more than matching him there. This is great. This is a weird book, but it's great. I agree. This is, uh, it is awesome. Like, it's, it's trippy. It's it, Kirby-esque is, is spot on, but but modernized. Like there's a lot of more like it's dimension hopping. It's the cos the different cosmos is what they're sort of tripping between and different characters sort of transgressing reality. We don't actually hear much from any of the defenders in this book. It's mostly these like presences talking. We get a big battle between a bunch of like uh, rainbow uh, unmolded sort of Marvel heroes. Uh, faceless and some have just like different colors, different superpowers. It feels like if you had a fever dream about a comic you read, this is what it would be. Yeah. And just to go even further into it, I believe all the colors are CMYK, which is the printed colors of yeah. comics. So you get that. Even the get... language in the, the, the exactly. gods have here. So that's what they're playing with is really the structure of the comics almost more than anything. Next up, another Jeff Lemire book, Robin and Batman, number two from DC Comics, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Dustin Wynn. This is continuing the adventures of a young, new, and fresh Nightwing, a future Nightwing, I guess, currently Dick Grayson, yeah. a.k.a. Robin. And... Batman, for his birthday, lets him hang out on the Justice League satellite. 
meets all of the future Teen Titans. They all work together. And there's a big twist at the end here that I thought was so awesome and so unexpected. Another fantastic issue of this book. This book's great. The art is fantastic. Classic uh, Dustin Nguyen stuff. But the real, the way that Robin, we see the world through Robin and like, from the small, like we start with like him at school getting into a fight and Alfred sort of being like a real hands-on parent. Like, like, don't worry, it's not a big deal, we got you. He doesn't tell Batman that he got into a fight at school. And then you see Batman being the sort of distant parent, but then later on we there's this great twist that makes, makes you know immediately that Robin is just another Batman. He's like becoming the next Bruce. And it's just like a great uh almost like magic trick throughout the issue and then in the middle of it you have all this super nonsensical fun of where it really highlighted how crazy sidekicks are in the dc universe where they're all in a satellite in space screwing around while they're here they're like the other side of their sidekickery are out fighting some international menace in mongol and they're just like let's go do stuff let's sneak around uh or just hang out in space like it's a, it's nonsensical and just really great storytelling. Adventure Man number seven from Image Comics, written by Matt Fraction, art by Terry and Rachel Dobson. Now, in this book, what Matt Fraction is uh, continuing to do is play around with this idea of Adventure Man, who is a large lady who is trying to stay large thanks to a enlarging formula. And at the same Potions. time, she meets a ghost cowboy who helps her out on this particular adventure. Sometimes I find this book plot wise, a little hard to hook into. Yeah. But I always like reading it anyway. Well, it's got a great tone. It's this like, isn't being a superhero fun and having like a living in like a magic building and it has that energy of a brand new universe uh, forming. It reminds me of um, back when Ultraverse was happening, when we were way younger than we are now, in like <laughs> the mid-90s, uh, where it was like all the characters felt like, we're here, let's do some stuff. And, and that's the tone of this book. So I, I like this universe. I, I hope this continues on. Firefly Holiday Special from Boom Studios, written by Jeff Jensen, art by Jordi Perez, Vincenzo Federici, and Fabiana Mascola. In this book, we're getting Jane in the current continuity of the Firefly comics, so the crew is kind of split up at this point. Uh, But Jane goes through a classic Christmas carol tale where he's visited by three ghosts, learns an important lesson. Um, I like this mashup. I wasn't sure what to think going in here, but I thought this was fun and well done, and they made it work. Yeah, I agree. It, it's, you know, you know what's coming, three ghosts, all that. But it's a great, it, I know Greg Pak has sort of been the Firefly writer that we've been like, that's good. But this was really good, too. I, I thought this was a great exploration of Jane, and we get to learn some about his history and really sort of do a bird's eye view of the rest of the Firefly crew, um, past, present, future. Uh, I, th- I thought this was good. Newburn number two from Image Comics, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Jacob Phillips. If you missed the first issue of this, this is all about a guy who is unaffiliated with any particular mob or gang or mafia or anything like that, but is essentially an assessor for all of them. So he looks into crimes, he figures out who caused it, and then he lets the mobs know and he leaves. And in the last issue, he got a partner who he's training in this issue. We get to see things a lot through her eyes and find out more about Newburn. 
really well done, very tense and very morally complicated. And like I was mentioning earlier, I really like P.I. tales. I'm kind of a sucker for them. But this is a great, very different, very fresh riff on those. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think the fun thing that they're exploring with this book is like being a bad guy, being a good bad guy or being a bad, good guy, bad guy like that. <laughs> yeah, simple stuff like that. Simple stuff. Uh, but it's like treading this line between being like a fixer for the mafia and solving mysteries for them and then washing yourself of the consequences. That's what we get to see in sort of these first two issues. And that's going to blow up. As with, there's all this tension built here. There, there's a sort of a sequence um, running throughout the book of different people who know New, Newburn being interviewed talk, as talking heads. And they're basically saying, don't talk to him. You'll end up dead. And at the same time, we're seeing him take on a partner or a, a sort of a, an assistant. Uh, and it's we're going to be getting there soon. I, th- I think the premise is fully out at the end of this issue. And we're going to get into some fun. I agree. Next up, Primordial from Image Comics, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino. This is about a bunch of the original astronaut animals who are trapped very, very deep, very far in space. And meanwhile, in the 1960s, two people who worked with them is the wrong word, but two people who worked with the aeronautics programs of their respective No, I think they worked underneath the dog. The dog was was their boss. Yeah. And the dog oh, was constantly no. like, dog do, you, boss. do you like a working for me? Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. Thanks. The dog, In any case. The dog uh, made me roll over. This book is also, I feel like I'm using the word weird a lot, but there's a lot of weird books in the stack here. Also very hard to hold on to just because a lot of it is through this animal language and dealing with strange alternate dimensions, but so beautiful. And the different art styles, I know I've mentioned this every issue, but are so fantastic to look at. It's very spare. It's a light, it's a quick read, it's a light read, um, but you really definitely have to pay attention to it and really like sort of feel it out as you're reading it. Um, I'm curious if, if this is going to just jump into sort of narrative overdrive at one point and like really doubling down on the, our human characters on earth, because it's a lot of time watching um, dogs and monkeys be like, are we going home or not? Here's what I want to see. I want to see next issue because we do get a flash forward through time here. I want to see those animals be like, well, we got to figure out a way to go home. Just follow on them. Make it an incredible journey in space. I would love to watch that. Nice. Last but not least, let's go to the title that was requested on iTunes in the comments. This is Fab Pandora from Story Worlds, written by Ramsey, art by Stefano Simeone. Now, we had Ramsey on the live show a couple of months back, so you can go and listen to that podcast. But the idea here is this takes place in a future world where, as you can probably figure out for the title Fab, there is printing technology that can fabricate any living thing. Uh, this leads to a bunch of cloned bodies and other things like that. But people could basically make absolutely anything they want. The technology spirals out of control a little bit. We certainly talked about this on the live show with Ramsey when he was on. Uh, but what do you think of this, Justin? I, I think it's cool. I think the art's really great and very dynamic, great action sequences. And then the story itself reminds me, of, I feel like there are a lot of influences that um, – just that strike me that not necessarily that um, Ramsey has mentioned, but reminds me a bit of Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some sort of pieces of saga esque comic book storytelling in here, um, and uh, a great the color palette switches a lot in a cool way. Sort of uh, 
the the TV show Devs feels like it pops mm-hmm. up sort of in the middle for a while. So there's a lot of a lot going on, but um, you really I, I think the story is nice and clean and easy to follow, and it's a fun read. Yeah, and uh, the concept as well is very interesting. You know, it's an easy sell. Uh, I think just in terms of a pitch, you understand what's going on, even if it kind of takes its time getting there. But it also allows for, like you mentioned with the art, a lot of different, very weird visuals in terms of the characters that we're interacting with and. Even on that level alone, I think it's a lot of fun to read just to see, you know, various beasties and people and strange mixed up things and everything. Very fun stuff. And folks, if you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about comic books. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the comic book shop. Stay beautiful, other humans out there. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.